Blog Talk Radio. Ain't nobody praying for me. Ain't nobody praying for me. Ain't nobody It ain't no tomorrow, fuck the world The world is ending, I'm done pretending And fuck you if you get offended I feel like friends been overrated I feel like the family been faking I feel like the feelings are changing Feel like my daughter compromised and jaded Feel like you wanna screw and that's how I made it Feel like I ain't feeling you all Feel like removing myself, no feelings involved I feel for you, I've been in the field for you It's real for you, right? Shit, I feel like ain't nobody praying for me Ain't nobody praying for me Ain't nobody praying for me. Ain't nobody praying. I feel niggas been out of pocket. I feel niggas tapping their pockets. I feel like debating on who the greatest can stop it. I am legend. I feel like all of y'all is peasants. I feel like all of y'all is desperate. I feel like all it takes is a second to feel like Mike Jordan will never hold in a real mic. Welcome to the Wednesday night wind down with your host. Show more and live. And tonight we have a few things that we're going to bring to you. So we have a guest here on the show this evening, as well as the second part of the show, we will be having some family discussion. Our WTF news. So, um, we're gonna. Go ahead and get Imaj in here with her timely self, always on time. Hey. Hey, darling. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I figured we were all going to be kind of caught in our feelings this evening. We're getting to some of this news that we're going to report. No matter what those feels are, might be some raggedy feelings, might be some... I don't know, crazy feelings, but um, I know we're going to all be in our feelings today. That's why I poured me a large glass of wine so that Mm. I can get through it. Because I've been peopling today, and I don't want to people any – we already talked about my earlier experience with the people. (laughs) The people, the people, the people. Yes, we did. The people. So I, I almost I would have got arrested for tripping people. I trip people. <laughs> well, I understand that that whole people thing. We're not gonna let the people make us be like the people. I mean, you know, we have standards, and, 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 and 
rules around here. Some of us. This other dude is here too. Speaking of standing in the rules. Yeah. How are you, sir? I'm great this evening. How are you two ladies doing? I'm awesome. I'm great. Great. Because I'm here. And that's awesome and great. That's two good answers. Awesome and great. I love it. Um, and, you know, as I was, you know, opening the show, I was saying that we were going to do our part in that second half of the show to do some of our discussion, but the first half of the show, we have a guest, and everybody knows when we have a guest, we are always extra nice and structured, so as we get prepared to welcome uh, filmmaker Drika Armstrong, we're going to put on our best behavior suit because that's what we always do, right? You you want me to call back later? <laughs> <laughs> I've only had a little bit of wine at this point, so my I, I might be on my best behavior. I might. <laughs> I don't know. I guess so. Well, it always sounds good to open the show up that way. Uh, anyone who's familiar with the show knows that that is not exactly word for word how things happen, but, you know, close, close. It gets close. So um, this is here. So we're going to go ahead and with no further ado, we are going to bring um, our filmmaker in so that we can catch up with what's going on in filmmaking world. So. I hope you're ready because I'm opening your mind, so don't be in the background doing anything questionable. Uh, oh, my Lord. Oh, that's okay. Sorry. Welcome, Miss Armstrong. Am I live? I'm sorry. Am I live? I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. You're live. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oops. I'm sorry. Hey, I'm how sorry, are you? Hungry. You know me, I'm always chillaxing, maxing, and I hope y'all ain't going to be on y'all best behavior because if y'all is, y'all going to be by yourself because you know I'm never on my best behavior. Never. That's what we I'm talking about. You, you know this. You see the stuff I post. I'm never on my best behavior. Not one day. I think I'm on my best behavior for two hours a week, and that's doing church. Sunday from 11 to 1. After that, I'm back to cussing. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I have a need to cuss in the church. <laughs> take it too long. No one ain't no air conditioner, and he's going to sing like 12 riffs of Amazing Grace. I know good and damn well ain't all the verses of Amazing Grace. I'm looking at the lyrics on Google. You better feed your shit on up. I got to go, man. I'm trying to go at the Golden Corral. You, you better go. Come on, Mrs. Feed your shit up. Come on now. Stop it. Ron, it sounds like she goes to Miser's church. No, she don't go to Miser's church because them two hours will be full of filth, law, and filth if she went to Amadis church. <laughs> no, it would not. First of all, that's not how that goes in my church. Don't let them tell you that. We had one fight, two fights at the church. One or two fights at the church. Wait, wait, hold on now. Is they take it back? 
Ms. Arkell, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this about the Moss Church. It's a um, it's a ten dollar cover charge. No, it's not. Um, No, it's not. Is it two drink minimum? No, it's not. <laughs> and, and, and those who show thighs get to the front pew. No, you know what? Hold on. Now, this may be the church I need to be at because I've been thinking about starting my own church. Um, I oh, want to no. do, yes, I want to do my own church. I want to do, you know, um, I, I even got my name. Uh, the name of the church is Third Rock from the Left Missionary Baptist Tabernacle. Church, mm-hmm. um, God and Christ, where we smack you in the name of Jesus, you know, because mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. as though that my church is going to be founded on truth. My thing is that if you burying somebody at my church, if 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 they didn't live right, you ain't going to bury them with no flowers and and good dresses and good suits. If they live like a bum, that's how they're going to get buried. Don't be up here lying on my pulpit. Saying this person uh-uh. was a good man and ain't raised six kids by fifteen women. No, we gonna call uh-uh. him what he is. He was a firm donor. Keep on past the plate. I plastic right. plate through every service. I got two quick questions. Two. Sure. Firstly, yes. is it is, is there an orange tabernacle or is it tabernacle? And secondly, tabernacle. Okay. And, and then the second <laughs> one is, did you say six children by 15 women? Is that what you said? Six, yes, yeah, six children by 15 different women. I'm telling you, these people in Jersey, I don't know what's going on in the water, but they're frugal. You blow on them and they pregnant. So, you know, oh, that's why Lord. I kind of stay in the house, you know, because I stay mm, in the house. Thank God for these implants. Oh, um, look, look I, I don't know if, I, if the implants we got is irregular. But uh, mm-hmm. anytime I turn around, somebody I know pregnant, they just, ooh, girl, I went on vacation for, for two hours, came back pregnant. Where did you go? The bathroom on the interstate? What, what vacation you went to? It's contagious. It's like the Ebola out here. Look, look, don't touch me. You pregnant. Don't even touch me. You could touch me with the flu, with pneumonia, bronchitis, head cold. Not the bronchitis. Mm-hmm. Because you know I ain't got time for this. You know I ain't got time for this. But if you pregnant, yeah, don't come here with me. You, I make everybody take a pregnancy test before you ride my car. If you pregnant, wow. you can't ride with me. You got to hit Jesus that Uber. Christ, you got to walk to wow. You got to walk to you, the you, you damn right. I you ain't the take bus. You got to mm. take the bus, pregnant, the pack, the turn Look. Is this mm-hmm. the thing? This is, Hold on, I'm questioning. This is at the church? Like, they can't get the church means? They can't get the church means? You know what? I don't even know about this because the church means, I don't know. I mean, my church is very selective. Uh, we play one verse of the church song, and that's it. I don't go into riffs. We First of all, amazing grace do not take 25 minutes. I don't know why. People be, be writing these songs. Or they just sit there like Steve Harvey said it best. You know, people be writing songs on the way in. I don't need them to make that a reality. You cannot come up in my church and you want to testify. And for whatever reason, the longest gospel song in history is what you got to testify with. No. Just say, thank you, Jesus, amen, and sit back down. But drop your money in a plate before you sit. Don't come up there singing no 15 verses of amazing grace. There isn't 15 verses. You didn't mix Amazing Grace, This Little Light of Mine, 
I'm coming around the mountain. You didn't mix by four different nursery rhymes and gospel songs in one. Look, I ain't got time for this foolishness. I throw boots. I throw boots at your head. Get the hell off my pulpit. Oh, okay. Come on, this, is a, this is an interesting mm-hmm. church. I don't want to go to that church. This church right here. I go to church. This church right here. Um, I'm a special kid. Uh, so, so I'm a very back. special kid. We're going to come key. back to your church. We're going to come back to yeah, your church. Yeah, yeah. I want you to go ahead and get to talk about uh, what you actually came here to talk about. I didn't want to talk about how you're going to go to the congregation at this church. Tab, tab, I can't mm-hmm. even say tabernacle. 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 Correct. Tabernacle. Tabernacle. You got to sound like you from the yeah. South. Tabernacle. You got to okay. put that in there. I got to. That's a letter, right? That's after Z. Tab Naha. You got the. Okay. I'm like you got to I got to give me some southern. Is that? Yeah, right there, bam. Right there, right there. That's that cold. That's all it is. I'm a practice. I'm a practice. Uh-uh. But while I'm practicing. Uh-uh. I want you to talk to us a little bit uh, about what you're doing. I want to talk to you about um, your movie that's coming out soon. Is it Trials and Truth? That is correct. That is my uh, my cool. new film, Trials and Truth. I just uh, completed. You know, I'm still in the crowdfunding phases of it. You know, that's a whole other discussion. You know, don't get me started on that one because then I'm going to have to call some people out. But, um. Uh, you know, this new movie, Trials and Truth, simply is about, um, you know, a husband and wife. The husband thinks he's happy. The wife is not. Uh, she's in a car accident. She dies. He moves on. Bam, she comes out of nowhere. The first wife that died comes out of nowhere, so clearly she wasn't dead. But then she comes back to reclaim her man, finds out he married her best friend. Now she wants a family black. She's going to go through conniving, deceit, lies, trickery, deception, all of those uh, all of those things. And then she finally realizes, you know what? If I'm going to go down, I'm going to take everybody down with me. So you know it's about to be some scandalous stuff going on up in this movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So we've got returning wives that are not so strange. They started out strange, but we didn't. They're not strange no more. They're real familiar. Mm. And then um, mm-hmm. we got to figure all that thing out. So tell us where you get these ideas from. Like, where do, where do you get the premise for this? You just sit somewhere and say, what if I died and then that MF married somebody else, but I wasn't really dead? I mean, where does this come from? You know what's so strange? This particular um, movie yeah. is actually, <laughs> this movie is from my last book, which is called Betrayal Between the Sheets. Betrayal Between oh. the Sheets, um, it's, it's inspired by somewhat of a similar situation I went through many, many years ago. I used to date a gentleman who had um, twins, and their mother died in childbirth with uh, the couple's third child. The the third child also passed away too. And he was set to marry her after their child was born, you know, and she was well and everything. They were set to get married. They were high school sweethearts. And knowing how much he loved her, I asked him, what would you do if she ever came back? Like if me and you got married, you know, we had our life. We didn't have kids yet, but, you know, we had a home. You know, we 
you know, we making it work. And then she comes out of nowhere. What would you do? He said, after I will cry and hold her and thanking God for bringing her back, I'm going to choke the shit out of her for where she's been all this time. And Mm. that stuck with me for about a good seven years. That stuck with me for whatever reason. I hardly speak to him anymore, but that stuck with me. And I said, yo, what if, what if I was married to him and she came back and she went, yeah, and then it became a book and thus now, um, now a movie. Okay. That's, so that's kind of a reality kind of thing. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's steeped in reality. Correct. Okay. Unfortunately, ain't nobody coming back to life, you know, in real life. But, you know, right. you know, it's it's just there's so much that can be done, especially with things in regards to CIA, FBI, you know, what the media shows us. So I figured let me play on a little bit of media. And, I mean, it's just I mainly get stuff that will piss people off. Every movie, every book, I try to have an element that will piss somebody off. If I piss okay. somebody off, then I'm doing my job. Well, you you let me introduce you to the the king of that. Ron, you could somehow incorporate him into some of your film and guarantee to piss somebody off at some point. <laughs> That's my job. See, I mean, you know. you know what? Hey, I I'm all for it. Let me mind. know what you got. <laughs> keep him on your mind. Just keep him on your mind next time you're looking for that surprise element of, you know, pissing off that think of him. I, I, I'm known to piss you more off to the highs of festivity. Mm. Daily. Mm-hmm. Hourly. Mm-hmm. Hourly. Mm-hmm. Hourly. Daily. Hourly. I said daily, daily at first, but I was like, no, because it's like several times a day. So it's like well, hourly. Nothing wrong with that. That keeps her on her toes. And I really don't give a fuck goddamn if you want to know the truth about it. I I really don't. See, that's the truth. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. The thing about the truth is the truth is not meant to appease the people. It's meant for him. As long as he understands it and he loves it, y'all ain't got no choice but to like it. (laughs) That's just that way. I like like you more and more. Just keep yeah, on talking. I like her more and more, as long as she don't say tabernacle again. <laughs> I'm going to try not to. That's one of my favorite words these months. But, I mean, you know what it is? With these books and these movies, you definitely have to be able to create something that inspires you. A lot of times you see authors and you see filmmakers, they're making stuff for the people, for what they would want. Unfortunately, the people aren't paying for my vision. I don't see the people pulling out their pocketbooks and saying, here, Drika, here go money to make the vision you want for me come true. So, therefore, I got to make them accept my vision. I have to make them accept my level of crazy. So, so, So if the people or an entity was to finance your movie, would you change it for them? Probably not. Probably oh, not. So because you know okay. what it is? I just, it's, the weird part is that being in this industry with books, you don't get a lot of pressure from people on how to write your stuff as far as what you should incorporate into your book. What I find is with movies, 
because it's on somewhat of a bigger scale, you have to look at the commercial, like the like the commerciality of it. You have to look at what can work and what can't. The only problem is when you start to change your vision, when you start to let people come in and change your vision and you break out on what somebody else's vision is, and you make it big based on that vision, when you try to find your own voice and try to put your own vision out there, you sometimes get resistance. It's no different than from when a person who sung R&B their whole career finally go gospel. It's like, wait a minute. That's, it's like it's weird. The same thing how with, if many of you recall, MC Hammer was primarily – Back then, it was kind of like a hip-hop, you know, like like a, a, a clean version of hip-hop. When, when he tried to go gangster, people wasn't feeling that shit. And truth be told, that's what MC Hammer wanted to do a little bit from the beginning. But people saw his image, and they structured and molded his, his vision, well, his career based on their vision. So when he tried to break out of that hold, the media turned their back on him. And that's what happens in film. That's exactly what happens. If I let someone dictate my vision now and I make it big, I'm going to have to ride that person's vision until I have enough clout to say, you know what, I'm going to do what I want to do. So let me start off in Hollywood being me. I love me. Me is nutty. Me don't have no damn sense. And that's the best part of it because I understand it. I accept it. I love it. So, I mean, I still wouldn't change my vision, not for nobody. Because, I mean, nah, I'm too selfish. Okay. And I love that answer in in that you realize or that you, not even that you realize because we can tell you no, but the way that you explained it, it allows our listeners to realize that if you can't do it when it's your personal expression and you ride somebody else's idea of expression, when you get to that, like, I need to have my moment when I hit it big, when I, guess what you want to have to do? Because that's how you hit it big, is off somebody else's expression. It was not your own voice. Mm-hmm. So I get it. Exactly. I get it. Okay, so talk to us a little exactly. bit about the the film making process like you know what is the what are the ups what are the downs of Ooh, independent, the independent filmmaking stage and it's so funny they're more downs than up <laughs> it's weird at this point stage is more downs than up um but the fact is that I love it so much I'll take the downs more so than the ups any day of the week if I had to choose between that and not doing it at all. You know, the the, the ups is the easiest part. You get your product out there. You get something out there that people can see that, you know, because with books, you can write anything you want. You can write any emotion your character is feeling. You can write, you know, everything in a movie, in a script. You can only write what the people are seeing. People can't see what you're thinking. So you can't mm-hmm. write, he's thinking about what happened last night. 
you can't write mm-hmm. it. So it, it does put you in a little bit of a box on how to structure it. But, I mean, it's an everyday learning process, and it definitely shows your growth if you're willing to grow. You know, the networking, I can't tell you how many people I've met in this. My favorite person of all was meeting Amari Hardwick and Robert Townsend. Mm. I met him, had a, I mean, it was amazing. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Robert and Townsend, I, I, met... so, I so respect him for so many things. And then that other one. Mm, mm, mm. And I also met Lamont Rucker, who was, who was on Greenleaf. I met him last year at a festival in New Jersey. I posted the pictures online. I'll repost them and tag my homegirl in it because I think she posted on it that don't hug her husband. I think that's what she said last year. Stay off her man, you know. But, oh, um, okay. you know, I mean, you meet a lot of good people. You meet a lot of, you know, people that can take you places, the opportunities, the networking. The downside to this, the biggest downfall is that knowing who to trust. This, it it seems like people know your worth before you even realize your worth. People like, correct. They know the business and you know what the, the, the bad part is that someone can see that you're going to Hollywood based on your talent before you yourself even realize that's even an option. And mm-hmm. when they realize it before you have, they start to latch on, and they latch on, and then they eventually become your hip. And they ride that yeah. wave with you just knowing if I play my position, if I play my part, when she gets there, I'm going to get there. But then mm-hmm. it's like you never know who to trust because people aren't giving you true, honest answers. Hey, girl, how did you like this scene? Girl, that scene was fire. That scene was everything. It was lit, girl. I'm telling you, girl, you going to Hollywood. But in actuality, that scene was shit. (laughs) Nobody's being Mm -hmm. honest. Like, you know, nobody's being honest. And, you know, um, it's just a matter of knowing the people you're with. Definitely keeping a very small circle is a must when you're filmmaking because, it's not like you're wasting a little bit of money. A independent right. film, a cheap, a cheap independent film can cost you damn near twenty k. Yes. And I don't mean twenty k you can pay over time. Meaning mm-hmm. when you're about to film, you need twenty k sitting in your bank account, resting comfortably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money to play with. Plus, and that's just you filming. And casting, that some of that probably don't even count into editing, adding in music, um, marketing, promotion, film festivals, travel. You're spending well up to what you make per year on one film. Right. So it's like you definitely got to be very careful because you're. it's kind of like you're wasting money if you don't know what you're doing. And having a strong team behind you is good, but also knowing when to burn them bridges when to cut them snakes away. I've had that problem, but, you know, it's just, it's a learning process. It's a very lonely, a lonely learning process because it's a lonely road to be on when you're filming. Very lonely. Yeah. Yeah. um, A lot of what you say, I definitely can say that I have, you know, working with this team that I'm working with, um, 
working on this documentary, I I can tell you that we have had these experiences. Um, and knowing trust is a big issue. You know, there are a lot of um, you have to take a lot of measures of protection, um, just so you can be sure that whoever doesn't make it to the finish line with you, you know, doesn't disclose things that are key elements to what it is that you are producing. And just being able to trust people to let you make it to the point where, you know, you have a successful film um, before release, you know, it's all of that. So just listening to you say that helps helps me and helps us to see that, you know, even people that have done this before um, are still concerned for the same things that we are in, you know, looking at right now ourselves in filming. So, um, yeah. And I want to make sure that I, I allow you to also share um, that this is not your first film, right? No, it's not. Nope. Could you tell us a little bit about the film that is about it's already there that they can support you by purchasing the first mm. film? Yes. Yeah, okay. The just first for the film people that are called... on live. We got some live people, we got some on air people, so just kinda yeah, share that. Well let's see. Um the first film is called His Dying Wish, which is about um a husband dies and in accordance to his will, his wife has to split the inheritance with his long-term mistress. And for them both to get the money, they both have to live in the same house for seven days. <laughs> I'm waiting on Ron to say some slick shit, but he didn't say anything, so. I ain't going to say nothing. I ain't going to say nothing. I'm going to keep it to myself. <laughs> but it's time for everything, y'all. Okay, I'm going to okay. say something. So, so, <laughs> nah, I'm good. <laughs> uh, that Come was on, say like it, because was... I want to hear, I mean, because I like this, though. Come on, say it, because, I mean, I'm I'm sure that it's probably a little warped, but you know what? I like warped. So, go on, she's say it. I love it. Y'all know she's asking for it, right? Okay. I'm, I, I'm, well, I, a few things went through my head when, when I heard you say that. First thing is, like, damn, it's a whole lot of death in her movies. But I, I mean, I, guess. I knew it. I knew that was coming. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Death is a central theme in my movie. And and what was the stimulus for this one? Like, do you know somebody who died and and, and left their money to their <laughs> side chick, your wife? Like, actually, no. Um. All right, go ahead. Actually, no. Well, what happens is, um. Some writers go through a phase where there are certain personalities or characteristics or certain emotions or something that uh, channels them for a period of their writing. For the last couple of years, my period of writing has been centered around death and secrets. Um, and death that's and primarily secrets. because, correct, and that's primarily because of my own experience. Um, me and Shamor have talked about this years ago. My father died about five years ago, and when my father died, I found out 
so much, so many secrets that my dad had hidden. I found out so much that I had no knowledge of. And what was sad about finding out at that time when my father passed away, I was 26 years old. So it's not like there's nothing you can tell a 26-year-old that's going to shock or surprise me. But what wind up happening is my dad had so many secrets. And as I was finding them out, I would go to various family members and like, yo, let me tell you what I found out. I went through the paperwork and I found out A, B, and C. And they're looking at me like, uh. And then I realized everybody knew these secrets except me. And that, that, for that very brief moment, that hurt for the, for the months after my dad's death. I couldn't grieve for losing a father as I was shocked by the fact is that my dad had these many secrets, but that my family knew and nobody tipped me off. Nobody said anything. And I asked, well, what's the difference with you telling me now to you telling me when he was alive? Somebody could have told me something. It's almost like my family blindfolded me and pushed me in a hallway and told me to find my way to safety. And I'm falling up and downstairs. And so when I wasn't able to grieve, because I was then grief turned to anger. Anger not because he's gone, but because everybody knew stuff. And then they expected me to just, okay, well, just, you know, move on. You can't move on when you heard some of the shit I've heard. Like, you can't just. Oh, you, you just can't move on and it turned to anger. And the only thing that was that was I was able to do to get myself out of bed was to write. And for some reason death in secret was my judge. And I'ma stick with it because it's kinda like my therapy. It kinda, you know, helped me a little bit to put my characters in the same situation that I was in. I make their lives a living hell just like mine was for that short time of month. So that's all I'm doing. I'm giving my characters the same feelings, emotions, anger, fear, tears, distrust, um, deception, envious, greed. I'm giving them all the same. Did that answer your question, Ron? It did, but it opened up a whole nother bunch of more questions. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm just thinking about, well, would you like to share one or two of those secrets with us about Daddy Davis? Sure, no problem. Um, I'll share. You don't have to tell us your name. I'll share. I don't. The thing is that I've kind of shared this secret before. Um, One of the secrets, in fact, this secret may kind of tell it all. One of the secrets I found out was that my father had AIDS. Your father had AIDS? Correct, for over 15 years. Okay. And nobody told me. And oh, wow. Everybody knew. Wow. Except me. Everybody, everybody except you? Wow. Everybody knew. And the weird part about that is my mother was trying to tell me. She was trying to tell me before he died. But she knew that he didn't want me to know, not because it would make me look at him differently, but because he wanted to preserve that superhero look that I had towards him. 
and he didn't want that look to diminish by any means. And my mother actually, um, one day she sent me to pick up his prescription. And for whatever reason, I say it was God, the lady at the pharmacy mislabeled his bottle because he always requested that his bag be stapled to make sure nobody was tampering with it. And this was the year, this was actually the, a couple, a year before he died. And the lady said, hold on, I mislabeled it. I got to change the labels. And when she took the labels out of the bag, when she took the bottles out of the bag and put them on the counter, me being 25, I Googled them. And I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. I know I can read. I know I'm not reading wrong. So I Googled all of them. And they all were like for the same condition. I'm like, HIV AIDS medication? What the, what the fuck is this? So I, mm. I was torn with it. I cried. I cried for about a good four hours. I just sat in my car and just cried because I couldn't believe, like, what's going on. And when I asked my mother that night, I said, Mom, you better tell me something. Now, keep in mind, I'm 25 years old, very intelligent woman. She told me that they were for my uncle, which is one of my father's best friends. She said, those are for him. Your father just got diagnosed to send him the pills. I'm 25. I, I should know by hearing that that's a bunch of bullshit, especially when my uncle lived in Florida. I should have known that was a bunch of bullshit. But because I didn't want to believe what my eyes saw, I believed it. Until the very next year, a couple of weeks before my father died, his roommate um, passed away, and he passed away in the house. I think it was like a gallbladder exploding or something. And because he died in the house, they made my father leave to just make sure the guy didn't die of any foul play. And my father stayed at my house for a couple of days. And the the first day that he was physically there, the full day, I went into my kitchen to get a bottle of water. And everybody in my house know I'm very selfish with my stuff. Don't touch anything that's mine. And I went in my refrigerator, and my water bottle is sitting up. And I'm like, what the hell? And I found one of the same pill bottles from the year before. So I Googled it again. And I'm like, what the hell is this? So I asked him, and I said, well, you know, can I actually, like, I called him. I said, hey, I got to talk to you. And he was like, what? I said, um, can you tell me what's going on? And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. When I told him what I had found, he said, yeah, so what? Mind your business and hung up. A couple weeks later, he was dead. In fact, I want to say three weeks later, he died. And I had to ID his body on New Year's Day because he was missing for a whole week. Nobody knew where my dad was. And another tidbit of the secret, he died at a male orgy party. And Mm. at the party, you had to check your clothes in at the door, and my father's wallet was in his jeans. And they left his clothes there. So when he went to the morgue, they had him as a John Doe, which is why it didn't translate to anybody. And when he went missing and when he missed rehearsal for a stage play he was putting on, they called me like, well, where's your dad? I'm like, don't y'all know? And they was like, no, I'm like, okay, well, let me try to find him. And that's when I got a call from another friend of his saying, you know, the cops called me from New York saying that, you know, they want to talk to you. I'm like, talk to me about what? And nobody could give me any information. Keep in mind, my grandmother just died four months before. She died in August. Now it's December 31st. I'm at a New Year's party trying to enjoy myself. I'm still in grief because my grandmother died. 
And then I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going on. Nobody's telling me anything. New Year's Day, they called me early in the morning and said they had a body that fit my father's prescription. So I had to drive an hour and a half to upstate New York. I ID'd his body. They told me my father was found in an abandoned building. <laughs> and, and then it's like, I'm like, what the hell is going And I'm finding out secrets like this, one more worse than the next for four months straight. I lost my lipid of a mind. And when I finally got home after I ID'd the body, I asked my mother, now that he's dead, come clean. What did he have? She said he had AIDS. I'm like, for how long? She said, since you were about 10, 11. Nobody the fuck told me anything? Nobody. Wow. And for, and for a very split second, I'm thinking, how many times I drunk off my father's cup? How many times did my father have food on the table and I just picked up the fork and ate something up? Like, for that very split second, I I treated him probably, I had the same thoughts to him that he never wanted to see me have. And then I understood why he never told me. But for, for secrets like that to all happen almost every week for six months straight, right. that left me with a lot of material to write. <sighs> yes, ma'am, he did, he did. Well, um, I want to. I want you to use this time to go ahead and let us know, like dates and where we can get, you know, how we can see this movie, how we can um, even see, you know, your first film, how we can see Trials and Trust. Give us some um, information. Go ahead and plug everything for oh, our no, listeners. Oh, no problem at all. Well, people can find me everywhere at on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Drika Armstrong. That's D R I C A. His Dying Wish is actually being put on video on demand on Amazon Prime and iTunes this summer. The date is a surprise, so um, I'll be releasing that information probably sometime in the next couple of months. Trials and Truth is still in production. And that film won't be completed until the end of this year, in which I will have a premiere for it next year. But I will have behind-the-scenes footage listed on my Facebook page as soon as possible. Okay. Is there a page for Trials and Trust, too? Yes, there is a a Facebook page page for Trials and Truth. Yes, I have a separate page for Trials and Truth and also a separate one for His Dying Wish as well, too. Okay. And Trials and Truth. Let me get my stuff together on that. Trials and Truth movie, correct. And I can tag, just, you know, let me know. Find me on Facebook. I can tag you and all that stuff. All my stuff is pretty much lumped up around the same thing. Okay. And as we get closer to release, um, definitely hope you'll at least stop in and say, hey, guys, we're releasing next month or whatever. So, you know, those people that listen or are watching the live feed can know that, hey, time to go check that movie out or I want to go to the premiere or whatever. Oh, most definitely. I would love to. You guys will be hearing from me because I'm going to be causing some controversy on Facebook soon. Yes. Because you're my Facebook friend. Okay. Um, So did I I, I get everything out that you guys needed, Imaj and Ron? Because I I don't want to cut you guys short. Well, 
I'm, one I'm one okay. question I would ask us if if there sure. was someone out there who was on on the path of making a film, what's the um what advice would you give to them? Like not so much on the creative level because everybody, you know, has their own visions, but like Mm-hmm. the logistics and things like that that they may not see that they're going to have to a stumbling block that may be in front of them. What, what would you tell them? I would tell them three things. One, build a very strong I only ask for one. I only ask for one. Oh, only ask for one. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. What is wrong with you? There's three very important things I would tell you does not range. One, have a very <laughs> strong team around you, someone you can trust. Two, use this phrase for everything you do. How can you have my back when all I see is your ass? If you learn that, you'll be good. Third, and most importantly, never put your faith in man. Keep your faith mm. with God. Those um, three I think that's a good point. Are you, are you set to go, Ron? Are you going to have some reply? Are you going to be like, thank you, anything? Well, I, I mean, thank you. Yes, thank you. I thought she was going to say something about lighting or editing or some shit, and she got all philosophical about seeing your yeah. ass not my back. I, I mean, Being I take it. <laughs> editing and stuff, that's all the creative. The biggest thing in this business is people trying to take advantage of you because, as I said before, people see your worth. People will notice your worth before you even yourself realize. People will see your talent, and they will already see and claim on your behalf that you're going to Hollywood, that you're going to be a big star. People will claim that for you before you yourself realize that's even in your destiny. And when they realize it before you do, they try their very best to latch on, deceive and deceit, to keep you near, dangle carrots of you could meet this celebrity, I could pay for your movie, I could do this for you. They dangle these things in your face knowing these are things you need to get to Hollywood. When you take your faith from God and you put it in man, it screws you every time. I'm a walking witness to it. Screwed me over terribly because I took my faith from God and put it in man. That's why I'm sitting here screwed now. But I'm going to recover. I'm going to be good. That's what's up. I, I appreciate like that. that. It's so positive. I like the, that, that vibe. We need that around us. So I know that with that kind of positive vibe and determination, you are going to be fine. I ain't got no choice but to. I'm too poor to be anything else. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, however you got to embrace it, boo. Embrace it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed you guys tonight. I really, really, really did. And we did, we enjoyed you. It was so calm. After we got past the church theme, it, it got, mm-hmm. you know, we got to the meat, potatoes, and everything. And I'm not going to even let you go back to the church thing. I'm not. I'm just not going to go back because I didn't even practice my hawk. I didn't practice my southern Arabic hawk in my throat. And I'm I'm not going back to that, to that part <laughs> of the show. It's um, a jersey thing. That's <laughs> all it is. Yeah, because Ron's from around those areas. So he did it well, too. So maybe it is a Jersey thing. So I'm going to go ahead and we're going to tell Miss Armstrong how much we love having her. And we thank you 
ever so much for sharing information about filmmaking and your next film. Thank you for being with us. Oh, you're welcome, all of you. I appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. And and we are going to let you just go ahead, and you can either drop off yourself, or I can just go ahead and close your mic out, and you can drop off when I close your mic out. And uh, we're going to get into part two of the wind down. So thank you. Thank you very much, all. Have a great night. You do the same. And so we're gonna um we're gonna start another live feed. Um we're gonna go ahead and end this live feed and start another live feed. And um in this next live feed we're gonna talk about our topic for the evening. Uh, we had a few people join us on that live feed in and out. I appreciate them. I thank everybody when you come on live and you make your little comments, even if you say what you doing? You look like you bored as hell. Yeah, that's not polite, but everybody's not polite. It's okay. They said that. They said that. They, no, they didn't say that. They typed that shit, so it's going to be there forever. <sighs> but it's okay. It's, I mean, we, we embrace all of the wind down earth because our wind down earth are real, and they do say what they feel. And it's okay. We appreciate that. Nothing wrong with that. Second part of our show this evening, I don't know if I'm ready because Ron, he didn't give any preludes to his plans. He just was like, what is that? Okay, well, I got you. Anybody that doesn't even get an answer but just says, I got you, you have to be careful. So, um So um what? So um what? What 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 what, what I, are you I trying like, to say? Gonna, I was I was like, is he gonna come and say something? Or is he gonna let me make it with that that cliffhanger? I'm just saying we just so we're just gonna go ahead. Let's go ahead and move into um this next portion of the show. So the next part of the show, we're gonna talk a little bit about current events. This is a WPF moment in news. Um, we're just kind of discuss some things that make us go, what the fuck? What is going on? Um, oh, I thought that was for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. When has that stood for that in the social media world? When? When has that stood for that? Not never. Not never, Ron. Not never. Um. Anyway, so um, we each are going to bring a topic that made us go, what the fuck, uh, this week or last week or whatever, um, that is kind of going on whatever realm, from serious to not so serious or wherever, wherever we are. Because, um, you know, some things make us say, what the fuck. And so I have like three, but I want to do one for sure because it needs to be part of our show. Um, and it's so funny that as much as I tried to put this one off, I couldn't. So while I was away from Texas, 
in Baltimore, Virginia, Washington, D.C., whatever. And um, back here at home, um, we were losing another young black male. And I saw it. I saw the story come across um, my timeline while I was gone. But I refused to read it. And I want to say I saw the story come up that Monday as I was getting ready to board the flight. might have been that Sunday night. And I just couldn't. I couldn't look at it and be that far away. So, and it's mental. I know that doesn't logically make a difference, but I just felt like I could not do it while I was not here. I just didn't want that vibe on my flight. I already don't like to fly, and I don't. I didn't want to be heavy. So I get home, and that's okay now. Now I can be all into what is going on where I where I am. And um, it was heavy. I, I looked at this story from two different angles. The story is about Jordan Edwards, the 15-year-old black boy who was shot um, at a party by a police officer. And I try to say that without being biased, but the truth of the matter is by the time that I got on my flight, by the time that I got on Texas soil, that story was janky um, from the reporting officers. What happened? I was trying to figure out the whole way, how do you reverse aggressively in a car. I don't I don't get it. So I didn't get that and then to get back and to have the whole thing retracted and then to hear that the fire the shots were not fired in the back windshield but in the side on the passenger side and there was only one officer with a gun drawn the entire time. That took a lot. The fact that you were not called out about violence, you were not called out that you that people saw guns or knives or anything. You were called because they were loud and maybe drinking. And several other officers showed up, and they at no point felt like they needed to draw their weapons. So how do you not take a glance around at your coworkers, let's call them coworkers, and say, hey, I'm the only one reaching for a gun, not just a gun, a rifle. And at any point, why don't you say, and look, no one is drawing down on these kids. I just, so I'm stuck there. Um, the family is being represented by Lee Merritt, and Lee Merritt has had a press conference where some of these things did come up in his press conference as he addressed the, the news, um, the various news outlets. Uh, the, the family is um, trying to get through um, putting their loved ones to rest because even when this officer shot this baby in the head, he did not say, oh, my God, let's get this baby to some kind of hospital. Let's call an ambulance. They proceeded to then allow these boys to watch this baby die in the car. 
Okay. So not only are the gentlemen in the car with him traumatized by the incident, just as these officers are out here and they point this guy's pointing a rifle at our car. Now my baby brother is sitting beside me dying and we can't do anything. That's etched in those babies' heads for the rest of their lives. They will never forget watching him die in the car. And still being treated like criminals when they were only doing because then my mom brain gets in. What do we tell our kids? What do you tell your kids when you allow them to go to a house party? You're already feeling some kind of way because it's a house party. You let them go, and you tell them, if anybody does anything stupid, get your asses out of there. That's what they were doing. That's exactly what they were doing. So then I, now I'm feeling for this mom because her babies were doing exactly what she instructed them to do. Don't go out there drinking. Nobody was cited for drinking in the car. Don't go out there fighting and acting stupid. They had no weapons. They had nothing in the car that could incriminate them in any way. And if people are acting stupid, you get away from them and get back home. They were not aggressively reversing. They were driving away from the haunt. None of that suggests pull out a rifle and blow their baby's head off. That, that, that just doesn't. So I'm processing all of this, you know, once I get back here. And I'm, I'm looking at um, information. I'm watching um, the family being represented by Lee Merritt, and I'm looking at some of the requests. And, and basically all they want to do right now is have their funeral and grieve for a while. And they ask that people who are concerned to let them have this moment and to organize. That was their last statement. Um, Let us put our son to rest. And in this time, you guys should be organizing. So they didn't say that it's okay. They didn't say that they're so grief-stricken and they're just thankful to have one of their sons and, Lord, we forgive you. That ain't what they said. They said that while we're doing this, that your job is to get organized so that we can do this right. So I don't know if you've been on my page, but I have spent a lot of time just reposting things from the family, from the family's representative, because this is a definitely a what-the-fuck moment because even, you know, by now, however many days we're in, by now they had tarnished Trayvon Martin's reputation. They have made, you know, all of our other black men aggressive or combative or uh, we thought it was going for a weapon. But we're talking about a baby with a 4.0 GPA, a stand-up citizen, I was reading a statement from the coach, the football coach, who was saying, hell, I was new, and he made me feel okay about myself coming into the school, and I'm a grown-ass man. And this kid made me feel okay being new. So character is not in question. Um, Several people have stood up for his character. So um, 
just wondering what the angle will be because um, Springs has um, let the officer, terminate the officer who is appealing for his stop. And um, I just want to know what the angle is going to be on this one. You know, we always think that we got it figured out and then things happen. So I will be updating my Facebook page for those people who care. If you want to see the things that come through about this case, I'll be sharing that. But right now I'm keeping my ears open for the organizing portion and um, what the plans are after they um, go through their beginning of their grief process. So that's my WTF news now that I made everybody just, you know, sad and depressed. What y'all got? What's the news? Sorry, I was on mute. Ron, what you got? <laughs> well, um, there's a comment a... on the story. I, I didn't offer you that opportunity either. I apologize. If you had any comments about what I was sharing, I'm, I apologize for didn't offer that. As far as sharing goes, one, this is one, my condolences to the family. Um, two, it's a damn shame that life can be taken for our young prince. And, um, it just seems like it's, it's, it's everyday news. Um, it's good to see that he definitely, the, the officer has been, um, fired and he, um, will face charges hopefully and get convicted hopefully and serve some time in a maximum facility, uh, penitentiary maximum um maximum security better yet and um and right away. But um that being said, we as a as a people we need to get our stuff together so that when these things happen we have a, a way to, to balance this in some 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 way. Whether it's, you know, taking action, whether it's being political, whether it's being legislative, whatever it is we need to get ourselves together and get in lockstep so that we can support them. Um, so that's definitely what I would say to that. As as far and as I my wanted new, to also, I want to yes. also because one of the things that they 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 made sure to do is that um, they spent several days not naming this officer. So I want to make sure that I name the murderer. The murderer's name is Roy Oliver. That's his name, and he is a murderer. Um, and I want to make sure that in, in my opportunity to, to present information to whatever following I have, that I do name him. He is not nameless. Um, his name is Roy Oliver, and he's the murderer that took that baby out of here. So I want to make sure I said that. Absolutely. Okay, Ron, you I, I, have the floor. No, it's funny because I was going to say his name too, but I couldn't remember his first name, so I'm glad you said that. Um, And... If I had his address, I'd get that shit out too. But um, <laughs> that being said, I, I guess it's a similar vein. Um, up in New York, there's a correctional facility called Righteous Out. And there go Amaj again with the corn chips. 
And um, <laughs> all I did was mute my microphone and mute my phone. Jesus Christ. So, so in New York, there's a there, there's a correctional facility called Rikers Island, and right now there's a campaign to shut down Rikers Island. Hmm. So, this is the the largest jail in New York City. Um, it's on the island, as you know, the name suggests, over 400 acres, and they have everything there from a from a school to a juvenile facility, a adult facility, male, female, all of that. And um, as I said, there's a campaign to shut it down. But I wonder if shutting it down is what we need to do because then at that point, as opposed to having a particular centralized jail, what they do is they split up the inmates within the boroughs. And um, all that's doing is taking water out of jug and putting it in five different cups. And unless you clean the water, you're still drinking dirty water. So it don't matter whether it's one jug or five different cups, it's still dirty water. And Mm -hmm. um, this is the place where the young man, Khalif Browder, was. This is the place Mm -hmm. that, you know, there's several ongoing uh, investigations of correctional officers beating, killing, starving inmates. Um, there was a book by a correctional officer who, who who was caught in one of their stings, I guess you can call it, where he put a book out letting people know corruption on the island. And I say what the fuck because it's, if if we don't find a way to clean the system up, then closing that jail, all that's going to do is they're going to close that jail, they're going to turn that island into condos, and they're going to rent it out to people. And it's, I mean, first of all, it was built on a garbage dump. So it's, it's literally killing people for them staying there. Um, yeah. But it, the, the the noxious gases and the carcinogens and all that seeping up from the from the the island itself. But when we look at it, we say to ourselves, "How can we change the system?" Because they're medicating these 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 brothers and sisters in there to the point where they're killing them with the medications they're giving them. They got mentally disabled people in there with, quote-unquote, regular people. So the violence is at an all-time high. And I just look at it and I say to myself, we got to do better. It it, got to be a way where, I mean, we know that this system is up against us. We know that they're not going to do nothing to better the system. The system's going to be what it's going to be. But we got to find some kind of offsetting power and this was one of the 10 worst jails in the country. So I asked myself, those other nine jails, they're probably having similar issues. So it's not mm-hmm. necessarily that one, but that's just the one that I, I focus on because that's the hometown. And I look at it as like all of us people here, we all know somebody or have somebody in our family that has been incarcerated. And 
it's not going to solve itself. So we have to find these solutions, mm-hmm. whether that's a think tank, whether that's us organizing to get some kind of political structure and, and, and enact it or whatever it may be. We got to do something because they're killing our brothers and sisters in this place, in these places. And, and the bottom line is if you close that, what's going to happen is they're going to privatize these jails. So now going from a, a city or a state facility, it's going to be owned by Del Monte or Hunt or, 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 or IBM or whatever the company is or Halliburton or whatever it is. all about money at that point. It's all about money at that point. It's $60,000 a year to house a person in a correctional facility, but it's $20,000 a year to educate them and give them a career and give them a future. So, I mean, we we got to make these steps to, to correct this. So, I mean, if you saw the profiting off of these, I was watching a special, special, sound like an old-ass woman, <laughs> I was watching a, um, on my, my station. You program then. on the television? Mm-hmm. On the, on the color TV. Um, on the color TV. Iceland, um, and it was talking about uh, the, the, the Delta system in uh, Louisiana, and they were talking about how corrupt that system is in in where they make the money, how the money is made, and it's it's money that like we don't realize that's tied in it. It's it's like money where, and I'm not gonna get it all because I mean it was a whole segment, but money is made not just because those people are there, but when a facility had to borrow space, like they have this facility that's really small. It's just a holding space. You're supposed to bring um, the inmate there. They might spend a day or two there because they are in transit to the actual location. Well, the actual facility in itself is beyond full. So what happens at this holding space is the facility has to call back to the holding space and say, hey, we can't take him. We are her. We don't have any room. So you got to keep him. But I, we know that for you to keep him, we have to pay you to keep him. So the facility then pays this holding space to keep these people. This holding space is a temporary place. However, it is overrun with people. Because they're making money for everybody that's in there. They have to pay a daily amount of money to this place to house them. They don't even have beds. I mean, it's it's like a, it's supposed to, like, house 20 people, and they have, like, 300. I mean, and I'm exaggerating, but not a lot. And so they don't even have space for beds. You can't. They couldn't bring any equipment into the space because it is not fit for the number of people. And this person, whoever is is over this facility, they are making money per day for each person that ends up having to stay there. 
and it went it the line tied all the way back to the city government who was actually making the money. I mean, guys, it's it's such a system. There's so many people tied into it. There's so much money in it. We'll never we'll never be able to connect all the dots. And that's why we have such a hard time getting adequate housing. I mean, these people didn't even have enough, like, shower space and sinks and bathrooms. It was terrible. It was terrible. And, you know, they allowed the crew, the camera crew, to see a little bit of the facility. And you didn't even have to go through the whole entire facility to know that there are way too many bodies in that small building. But that's part of the problem with the system. That's part of it. Hey, I'm sorry. I jumped in on I mean, you know that that slavery is abolished except for those who have been convicted of a, of a crime. So basically, that is definitely modern-day slavery. And oh, yeah. then when you start looking at it, just the, the like, Rikers Island, going back there, you, you can't drive onto the island. So you got to take a bus onto the island. So in taking the bus onto the island, you got to pay a fair fare there. You got to pay a fair back. Mm-hmm. So now, and you paying this fair there and this fair back, that's helping fill the coffers of the city. So you look, they have a um, they have a contract with Puma. So all the inmates wear Pumas. So now Puma's wow. making money, the MTA's right. making money. They have a contract with the phone company. So that when you make your collect calls, it's charged at like a 200% increase of what a normal call would be. So now the phone company, the Puma company, and the MTA is making money off of it. And and, and that's just three off the top of my head that I can let you know that's making money off of us. And that's not to count about, not counting, like when you go to, that's a jail, but when you go to prison, now you start getting congressional dollars. You see what I mean? Yeah. So, and, and, and towns sprout up around these jails. So the bakery, so the bus company, so the hotel, so the diner. All of these people are making money off of us being in jail and they're criminalizing things like selling loose cigarettes, criminalizing things like uh, 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 standing you know, some of the slave codes are still enacted. So if a black man is standing outside with five other blacks, four other mm. blacks, they can legally stop you and question you. Mm. So now you got a warrant. Yeah, I, I, I mean, but these are things that we know about or we should know about that possibly can be changed. You're not going to change the system, but certain things about the, the you know the peripheral things can be changed, so we just need to you know do what we got to do and, and, and organize, organize, organize. As Stokely Carmichael said, and get our shit together so that we can have some kind of offsetting power to this system that's going to railroad us. So I mean, so yeah, so that's my Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, wipe those feet. Your WTF? I hate him. He's so. Yeah, white team fury, all of that. That's that's my WTF um, portion. 
back to our regularly scheduled program. Thank you so much, Ron. Demise, what is your WTF that does not stand for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? <laughs> um, I can't. Um, mine is earlier this week. Um, I posted something on my page about the members of Alpha Delta Alpha being targeted in race in a racial incident involving mm. bananas at the American University in DC. In um, DC. In DC. So this is the story. Um, pretty much their new student association president is the first black female to have this position. She also happens to be a member of Alpha Alpha Alpha. And they, as, you know, she's you know, now becoming this president, the bananas were marked with letters, a.k.a., which represent her sorority, which we all know is predominantly African-American women. And they were found strung up in a, I believe it was a bus stop and around campus with nooses tied around the bananas. Um, they're trying to figure out who did this by video, by recording, because there's cameras set up around the bus stop. So they're trying to figure this out um, at this point. And so, yeah, that's how I, I, I I'm trying not to be in my feelings because y'all got me all in my feelings and I'm trying not to be in my feelings about mine. Um, huh. So that's my story. <laughs> that's, my, that's my Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> yep. And in, that case, in that case, WTF stands for whip those fuckers. <laughs> I should have known he had something ready for that. And he probably, if we would have shared that WTF earlier today while I was out in the street peopling. I probably would have partaken. You did people today. I, I wanted. Yeah. I had a. I had a. I had um, a WTF on the lighter side because I knew that we would get heavy because that's who we are. That's what we do. Um. I just. I just wanted. I just want to make sure. But I let everybody know that these people who say race is still not an issue, that was three different WTFs, and race was a part of all three of those. But moving on to this this other one. I don't know how many of you remember, uh, maybe a year, two years ago, there was this um, story where there was this... um, man was convicted on a crime and his mugshot kind of went viral because women thought, oh my God, he is so hot and sexy. Um, and he had, he he had this tattoos and stuff. They, oh, but he women, I mean, he got famous off of this. And he so, um, he, he, he even received a modeling contract um, for whenever they was like, whenever you get out of jail for that crime, we gonna let you model for us. So, well, he's out, and he's modeling. 
Mm-hmm. So as good as he feels um, in his new career of choice, which will keep him, I mean, that should keep him straight and legal. Uh, he had a shoot for a magazine, and this shoot was going to be held in London. Mm-hmm. So he flew across the pond. He ends up at the airport, and he's getting all set for his shoot. And then London said, uh-uh, boo-boo, you can't come over here. And deported his ass back to the U.S. Mm. Because you is a criminal. And they sent his ass back. And, uh, and you know, his whole argument is, I, you know, this is crazy. I believe this. I served my time for a crime I did. I'm trying to do work here. And they said, uh-uh, boo-boo, you is a criminal. And they sent his ass back across the pond. Okay. Question. Question. That's my book. So, my other one. Unless I got a question with that. Well, well, let me just say, I don't know what. And his name, I'm sorry. I, I want to make sure we call him other than convict because he does have a name. His name is Jeremy <laughs> Meek. He does have a name. I'm not going to do my people or half people. I don't know. I don't know what he is. No. What was he arrested for? What was his crime? You know? Um, I'm gonna see if I can find that out for you because I don't even remember when the story came out what this crime was. Um, I mean, I don't remember that's people not, falling in love with that, that damn mugshot. That's the height of audacity, though, for for Britain. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it, it is within their right to let anybody into their country that they want to, their nation. But that's he the height of audacity. On gun charges. And he spent two years in on gun charges. That's what that's on gun charges, so they were felonies. One, how did you even get a passport with felonies? <laughs> that's what I want to know. I know you're under. I understand that you did. Did they give you a work visa since you were going over to London to work? So for a certain amount of time, because that's what they usually do if you're going to work somewhere. They get you get a visa. Um. But for you to have a passport, you cannot have felonies. So they sent him back because not only just because um had those felonies, uh, you ain't even supposed to have your ass over here no way. You ain't even supposed to cross the damn pond. And if his work visa didn't add up, oh yes, because they stop people here in the US too. Oh, I watch Border Patrol, honey. So Mhm. If you coming over here and you telling lies about that he it says that he showed up carrying the correct paperwork and a letter signed by his parole officer. Exactly. So he got his papers. And he got me with parole officer and I just wanna get over here in your country and take me some pictures. Mm-mm. And y'all say no. No. Yeah. He describes himself. Um, as a dirty convict, and, and how his life had turned around by saying, <laughs> I am a family man, I am a father, I am a husband, I am an uncle, I am a best friend, I am a God-fearing man, a Christian. I'm also a gun, uh, an illegal gun-toting Negro with blue eyes that looks dirty in my picture. Uh, under- <laughs> Understood. He don't know what he thought was gonna happen with him. They kicked Snoop Dogg out from over there too. So 
Why do you think you beat a Snoop Dogg? Uh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, so his feelings was hurt. Uh, they had a little video on one of the sites that I watched. Uh, Huffington Post had a little video of him walking yeah. off, you know, from the airport, all man, putting his little jacket back on, like, oh, this is crazy. I can't believe they're doing this to me. You know, you know who I am? You know, like, no, not really. Just because of the tattoos, all about your neck and face. But that's in the end, no doubt. Um, I just I thought a, that was a good WTF. Right I got there. a WTF. I got a WTF. Yeah, um, okay. Like a week or so ago, maybe like two weeks ago, did y'all see Airy Spears get his ass beat? No, I did no. not. I heard about it. Man, no. oh, so y'all don't watch the Y'all don't watch 5150. So, yeah, so 5150. It streams. It streams on um, Ustream Tuesday nights, and then usually on Wednesday, the new one comes out on YouTube, um, the 5150 show. That is my ish. Corey Holcomb is the um, the host, Darlene Ortiz, and um, Zoe Williams. And Ari Spears was on there, and he was getting drunk, and him and Zoe Williams was going back and forth. Aries was being a little belligerent, and he was – antagonizing the co-host Zoe Williams to the point where Zoe pushed back from the table and got up and started swinging on him. Bok, 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 bok. Oh, it's hilarious. Mm. I so, really got to see that episode. Interview, you That's can see bad. on 5150. I shouldn't be wanting to see my, my brother fighting. That's terrible. What's wrong with me? It, what happened to your education? Sometimes you got to put them hands on people. Sometimes the dick beat has got to be used. But um, <laughs> what in the world? Who called them Did that? Did you hear what he said? Did you hear what he said? Listen, but the the, the fight is Andre is stupid. Andre is stupid. It's talking about life skin dudes can't take a joke. <laughs> I'm saying. It was hilarious to see him. I'm saying because he he didn't even fight back. He just covered up and just took it. You can see the um on TMZ has the um if you go to TMZ you'll be able to see the fight itself because they didn't air the fight on the show they were trying to be respectful and not show it but um yeah that was um very but funny TMZ has zero respect they show all the shit so I gotcha oh yeah I mean listen listen the only respect they have is respect their bottom line and they respect that to the all the way to the bank to the bank mm. It almost looked like something that would have happened at Amar's church. No, 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 no. I knew he had something waiting. He always got something waiting on you. Somebody get up and they want to get a testimony and somebody like, it's my turn to testify at the tabernacle. (laughs) Uh -uh. And And Is that what I Uh -uh. I, I'm still waiting for the tabernacle. I don't, go, I don't go to a tabernacle. I, I don't go to it. You ain't, you ain't saying it either. You got to roll it from the back of the crawl in your throat. You, you ain't saying it either. I did say tabernacle. Things don't go to the back of my throat. The back of my throat is virgin. I don't know. Maybe y'all got different <laughs> back of your throat. I mean, uh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, never mind. Speak your mind, woman. <laughs> Tell us about the back of your throat. I hate him. 
I'm not going to do I, that because I do not need stalkers anywhere. Amen. I don't need nobody <laughs> stalking me for no reason. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, nope. it's terrible. The back of the is like that. I'm just saying. Mine too. Mine too. I now, can't I, say a couple of back of my stars. I mean, now, back of my toe, but I can roll. I can roll them all off my tongue, though, in the right situation. Jesus Christ, stop it. Oh, That's bad. why you got a little baby right now. You got a little no, baby no, no, baby. no, no. If I was rolling my arms off my tongue, I wouldn't have a baby right now. Oh, no, I wouldn't. Oh, oh my God. That is just the predecessor to the, the stroke. You always have to do that first. You did that first. Or it could have been I, the in-between situation. It could have been in-between. I'm willing to bet that he rolled a few hours and then stroked, and then there the baby come. I might have rolled a blunt, but I ain't. <laughs> I don't know what you talk about Nobody rolling no Nobody laughs. You don't see that? Nobody laughs at his joke with him. Just him. Nobody That's else. That's all I need. That's all I need. But anyway, back to the back of Amara's throat. Um, <laughs> Shemore, I think Dre is on the line. Hey, Dre. If he wanted to holler at us. Yeah. Oh. Dre, you need to press one. It's a bit late. He didn't, he didn't press one. We're about to get off the show, but we're going to bring Dre in here because he didn't press one. The button didn't want to hit you didn't press one, Jay. No, the button didn't want to hear you. But I got a Why would we hear you? Use your, use your outside voice. Whatever. I got a, uh, what's the, uh, I ain't got the word. I got a moment, though, and it just happened. What up, Dre? WTF. What's going on, Ron? Hey, man, I got family up in, in, on that island, too, man. That's crazy. That's, that's what's hard as how they doing them up there. <laughs> but anyway, it's out. So, uh, uh, this chicken head that uh, I was sort of kind of talking to, she got married. <laughs> and my uh, thing is, if you knew you had a boyfriend, you had a whole boyfriend. If you knew, why would you try to hide it? But you just now texted me about five minutes ago. No, she didn't. Come see me tonight. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. No, she didn't, Dre. No, she didn't. Wait a minute, but didn't she marry him now? Y'all remember a post? She still got the new smell. She just got married. Listen, y'all remember a post I put up earlier this week that said, "So I heard you got married." And so um, I also heard that two days later, you, your your new husband sent a penis picture to his other chick. These are the people. And I can't tell I'm friends with, with the, friend, the chick that she sent the, the, the pic to. And I'm Wait, friends Dre, with Dre, the Dre, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Now, this is the, the $64,000 question. Mm. Is the pussy good? Jesus word. Yeah. 
But that that question that Ron asked him, that question but was I got a follow up question to Ron. And then the fact that Dre had to sit over there and think about answering that. Both of them. I mean, I mean, I answered the question, but I got a question. Boo, hey, Shamor, don't boo me. I got a question. I have a question. Okay, what? Okay, go ahead. Okay, so my question is for Dre and for Ron. Because she squirts, is that that determines good stuff? Because she can still have some horrible stuff, even though she know how to squirt. This is nasty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't give a more for my wine at this point, so honey. Your, your Holy Spirit show and, and corrupting it with nasty thoughts. Oh, please. She was just talking about people's throats and shit. Whatever. I was talking about what? <laughs> Thank you, Dre. You're so wonderful. You were talking about throats and shit. So so now WTF stands for wet the floor. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is getting worse. That Ew. happens. That happens. It happens. Sometimes you got to fuck up with furniture, girl. Women oh, that flow. <laughs> Sally, don't cover your ears. You're going to listen to this today. Mm-mm. I mean, squirting doesn't necessarily kind of take good pussy, but no, I mean, I just, that's, that's why I'm saying. Like, does that, that mean too? That word right there. I'm tired of that word too. At least I say totally... cat. You know, at least I'll say cat or whatever. Oh, so, just because old cat sprinkle a little bit don't mean nothing. That stuff could that still be some trash. Wet, tight, honey. and fluffy. That's what wet, tight, and fluffy. There you go. And fluffy? And fluffy. Does it, but does I it was, have to be fluffy? I was thinking. I was. I was thinking we were done, and so <laughs> we're, we're done, and we're not talking about any more whores. We're not talking about any more whores that flood. I don't want to do it. So we're just gonna go ahead <laughs> and. I'm going to go ahead and say that we're done tonight. Um, I should never let Dre come on because Dre did not bring anything um, upstanding. He he came with his... He came with um, Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. With that. Oh, we don't talk about this. It was a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Oh, we can talk about this. It is definitely a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday thing. And now that we have conquered Wednesday, we're going to save the rest of the shit for Thursday and Friday. Okay. okay, so listen then. Let me just say this. So what y'all can do is come over to the code on Friday and we're going to discuss this we're going to discuss this marriage situation and this foolery with it. On Friday, you get, to, you get to say all the WTFs you want to say. <laughs> Well, we started on Wednesday. Technically, it's Thursday right now. And right. Friday, we'll finish it. <laughs> yeah. This joker, this joker is going to make himself be right no matter what. I deleted it. You should be proud of me. I deleted it. I didn't even respond to it. 
I am proud of you. you. You know what, Dre? It takes a lot for you to have some sense. So I am proud of you. <laughs> He's going to have a oh, wedding. I'm about to post fuck. it, though. I'm about to post it. I don't give a two goddamn about it. I'm going to post it. Because the bitch ain't shit. <laughs> so the, okay, question so is, wait, the next question is are you going over there? No. <laughs> no. I'm no movies. No, I'm good. No. You're not supposed to go to a married woman's house. You're supposed to meet no, her at the hotel. Because that hotel. And just pray that that hotel don't I'm not going there. No, 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 no. I'm too old for that. That's you're right. right. And you because don't her husband. That. You got married women on your Facebook page that will give you some punani in a minute. So you don't need Listen. to be over there. Is it punani? If you go to a, yeah. a, a married woman's house, her husband might have weapons that fire. I know. Weapons that fire. Ain't ugly to he ain't scared to go to jail. Weapons that fire. But wait a minute. He ugly to and he ain't scared to go to jail. He's So, don't go. But I'm not going to bitch. I just wanna I wanna go ahead and end the show because there's nothing left to talk about since we um every single thing coming after it will be complete and utter fuckery. So no more women that fuck, no more women that flood, no more none of that. We're done tonight. Our WTFs are over. Thank you, Dre, for taking the show down to the abyss of ratchetness that you brought. <laughs> and we're going to go ahead and just get the fuck off the show. How about that? Are you telling me, you telling me there's no more wind-down tabernacle fuckery? Jesus Christ. Uh, no, let's just, just simply just say no. I don't want to open a door and let you walk through it. So I'm going to just say no more. And I will walk through furiously. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, y'all. I'm going. I haven't got in trouble. Good night, oh, everyone. Can y'all just say good night? Just say good night, everybody. What the fuck? <laughs> Thank you for listening to Blog Talk Radio uh, with What the Fuck News. <laughs> we threw folks. We threw folks. Get the hell out.